A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changes podcast episode. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome back a guest. Uh, we did a previous episode, you may recall, The Challenges Within Uganda, Dr. Nabath Namara. Nabath, a very warm welcome to you, sir. Thank you very much, Paul. And uh, as we've said, listeners, or I've just said, you know, the challenges within Uganda, and just to recap, uh, what Naboth gave us some brilliant insights around in, in his homeland, you know, was this um, this violence that prevailed, this and sexual violence particularly. That was in the previous episode. So we want to kind of build on that to raise listeners' awareness of, you know, what's happening in, in, in Uganda. You know, whether that's a snapshot of what's happening in Africa more generally or throughout the world even more generally still, is another matter. But one case is one case too many. So, Naboth, where, where do we pick the thread up from the previous episode on this? Mm, I think we, we, we are going to talk about the other, the other two, two major issues, two major problems uh, that, that I find very, uh, very crucial I don't know, the crucial is not the word, that, that tend to bring problems to people in my community here in Uganda, and that uh, I have dedicated my life to working against solving some of them in my own way and with the help of other people who are like-minded. And uh, this time we are talking about, other than the violence, we are talking about gender inequalities in the education system, in terms of access, fewer girls than boys access education, especially higher education levels. And many girls drop out of school because of traditions that continue to hinder their progress in school, such as the sun preference tradition. It is still very much alive in, in Uganda here, where if a parent has, doesn't have enough money to pay tuition fees, they will withdraw the girl from school and let the boy continue with their studies uh, because they believe girls can make good wives even without having education. And yet we know the value of education. It's a grand value of education, especially higher education in women's lives, which, we have, which I, have, I personally have written and published a book about. So some preference tradition where girls, child early marriages and forced marriages, even when they are of age, and uh, lack of, most girls miss school for days each time, each month, when they are menstruating, when they're in their periods, simply because they do not have uh, sanitary towels to help them go through the system. So they feel embarrassed and many of them drop out of schools. And uh, the teachers in Uganda use, still use gender insensitive language, uh, which does not make it conducive for girls to study, and uh, most of the school textbooks we have are still gender insensitive. They actually give, promote uh, male hegemony, who are just like in any other patriarchal society. And uh, other than that, 
the, the, the second issue then is the skilling and mentoring young people in schools. We have schools which churn out graduates, churn out students who have very limited skills of survival in terms of work, in terms of, of social skills, in terms of teamwork skills. And uh, I've seen quite many of these people who come to work with me at my, at my consultancy farm sometimes they lack basic social skills, basic human interaction skills. They, they lack all these skills of, even simple skills like thank you, yeah? even simple skills like uh, thank you, even simple skills like asking if you want something, you know, you just come, you are there in your office and you find somebody is preparing teas, taking soda, everything they find in the office. And they have come to look for jobs as research assistants. So for me, uh, interacting with young people over a long period of time has shown me that these people really lack the, 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 the skills that we need. And school, they don't get these skills from school. They don't even get the employment skills from school. And that's why we have so many youth. In, in Uganda, for example, about 700 youth enter the job market every year. Few of these are, are employed because the employment rate is at 13.3. So I think there is need to look at programs that will impart in these people skills that will keep them on jobs, skills of loyalty, skills of teamwork, skills of, 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 of analytical thinking. These skills, the soft skills that we call the 21st century skills. Uh, you'll be surprised, Paul, that you find people here finishing university and they can't type even a letter on a computer. You know, and that is very, and, and universities are supposed to teach computer, computer is, is taught, ICT is taught, computer skills are taught in secondary school, but these people don't seem to put their emphasis on learning. They just want to get through the system and go away. And for me, that's the biggest thing because people will get through the school system, but they will not, they will, if they get jobs at all, they will not be able to retain them. And I see it each and every time I interact with people, with, with children, young children in university or finished university, 18, maybe young adults, 2021. So this is one of the major issues that I, I see around. And maybe the fi now finally, the, the final issue that I see around, which disturbs me, and I, I, it just disturbs me that it's, it's littering, littering. People littering their place with everything. Now, the river, rivers, everything is cl are clogged with plastic material, plastic bottles, plastic bags, plastic everything. You know, and uh, I, I happen to live close to an office of an, a big international organization, which I won't name, but you see their stuff, every time they come out of their offices, they litter bottles in front of my compound. So every time I have to go and clean those bottles and put them away. And I'm wondering, these are people educated. This organization employs people with master's degrees, almost officers with master's degrees, and they are littering the whole place. Even when there are litter bins in, in, this, in town, you find somebody dropping things in the middle of the road. And for me, I felt that I think there's something. We need to create so much awareness, strong awareness against the littering in my view, because it, it, it's becoming a, a big problem and kills the environment. It clogs water channels. There's a lot of flooding in places where there, there used to be no flooding and the government is not, it has banned plastic bags three times. 
but each time they burn them, you still go to a shop and you are given a plastic bag. I, as a human being, I refuse to take plastic bags home. I always go with my bag. And uh, when I'm buying a, a drink, I use I, like a Pepsi Cola or something. I always buy the, the bottled one. So I am doing something about it. But my community is not doing something about it. I have engaged my neighbors below to do something about it. The littering is too much and it is everywhere and it is killing the environment. So basically, Paul, these are some the two last pressing issues that I wanted to talk about. Okay. So when you have these two words that you said there, Naboth, that really light me up when I hear these two words, raising awareness. I love those two words, raising awareness, listeners. But the big question throughout the world, whether we're talking about the relative specifics of what the boss on about here, or, or generally, how do we do that? I mean, obviously, hopefully, um, you know, podcasts like this will help. You know, it's um, it's raising the energy, it's raising awareness. Is it enough? Nowhere near. What what is it we can really do? What's the deep strategy? Naboth to you know to get these massive massive life enhancing issues these life challenging issues as well out in, into the into the bigger picture yeah you know i i remember people saying one time you know this capacity building and raising awareness is what everybody seems to be doing mm. now people are not sometimes. So I remember presenting a report for United Nations Development Program Uganda, and somebody said, we keep talking about gender equality. We say we should dismantle gender stereotypes. We should raise awareness. And then everybody has been saying that for 20 years. What else can we do? And, and, and my, my answer was, really, human beings are a complicated lot. Jesus Christ died 2,000 years ago, more than 2,000 years ago. They still preach about Jesus every, every Sunday. These days, they even preach it during the days. And some people change, others don't change. But aside from that, aside from that, which is on a lighter note, uh, there could be some other important things we could do, practical things. Just like I said, let's do a practical thing with the SGBV. We could, for example, engage, establish a plastic, uh, a plastic recycling plant. Probably we could lobby government further to stop the production of, of plastic bags. I am a good example because I happened to, to have experience of, 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 of living in the three countries. You know, in, in Ireland, where they banned plastic bags, they stopped packing things in plastic bags. In Rwanda, you'll never get a, a plastic bag in Chigali. No, and I'm wondering why does Chigali ban plastic bags and they go completely? And then you know Uganda bans them three times and then they keep producing them because the factories of that produce plastic bags are owned by big people in government, those people who make business out of it. So even though even when they do it, National Environmental Management Authority has not does not touch them. We have the untouchables because of our history. You see, our history is that we have a government which came from the bush and fought its way into power about 36 years ago. So there are those historicals who are untouchables that nobody will touch, will, will touch. But practical things like establishing a recycling plant or collecting plastic bags. I know there are efforts in Kampala, which is a, the, the most littered city I've ever been, I've ever been to in the world, very littered city. And uh, now there have been initiatives to collect 
those bottles. If you if you bring an empty bottle, you get something. You get something. I think two hundred or one hundred shillings, and then they go and recycle it. So people then now just throw a bottle there. When they see children, they throw a bottle. And children take the bottles, and then they are recycled. At least there's something being done. And Mbarara City has just retained city status, and we we were we were I think probably the third cleanest city in Uganda. Now I see Mbarara going the Kampala way. The littering is too much. So I feel there is something that we should do about it. Can I and offer, I um, the sorry yeah. to cut in there, can I offer an insight which is totally radical, totally radical. Yes. And it's what I'm, I'm from a personal point of view, listeners, listen, I'm, I'm 61 years of age. So, you know, I've, uh, I've seen one or two things and I'm very passionate about my fellow man. I'm very passionate about beings in general, whether they're fauna or flora, doesn't matter. All life to me is sacred. And for many, many years, there's something that's been distilling and, and, and coming more and more to the front within my my own world, and it's this, and I'll share it with you, Naboth, because what we're looking at here, you know, listening to you speak, these, these practical solutions, yes, absolutely, I get that, absolutely accept that, but for me, we're missing a step. What about the person inside? We're missing that person mm -hmm. inside. We're looking externally for solutions. The solutions do not belong outside. The solutions belong inside, each and every one of us. And part of some a concept that uh, I'm developing, and, and it's been really, listeners, as you know, the, the stepping stones, there's seven of them in total, that's took my whole world from darkness, depression, despair, you know, addiction, violence, to a place of where I am now. And then people will judge whatever that statement is, where I am now. That's you know, but I feel in a really light, beautiful place. In other words, my journey's taken me from fear to love. And that, for me, Naboth, is the answer. Irrespective of whether we're talking about gender inequality, you know, violence, it's all fear-based. It's greed. It's people looking at things because they haven't got that awareness of the power of love. And that is part of our role. That's certainly my personal crusade now, listeners. My mission is, you know, as a messenger of love, you know, and, and, and I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that that is the answer to the world's problems, that education of the individual. So, you know, this was the essence of what World Game Changers movement was started. One became two. Two became four. Four became eight you know when you look at it, the birth of a child our simple cell from the fertilization of the egg splits into two and then that splits into four mother nature is giving us some beautiful but simple lessons all we need to do is raise our awareness and take heed of them i'm going to stop there naboth any thoughts about that radical approach and you know i i agree with that and i do yeah, because when, when, when we are talking about mentoring, I really think it is important for me. One of the solutions I talked about, uh, the problems we have is parenting, parenting, yesterday, as I said, and uh, 
because parents don't give a lot of time to their children and it's parents who are going to grow that child that child who will have the values the values that that will keep this world safe for everyone and for me so i agree with completely with changing individuals and changing mindsets i know it's an uphill task also uh, but it, it is a way forward because if we don't change people societies change i can assure you because i i still wonder why why yes of course there are laws and regulations but even when they are alone people in rwanda rarely litter their their places they don't even when they're alone they fear yes i know there is a lot of law enforcement in chigari but there is this patriotic individual in rwanda hmm, who has not reached the level of, of, of a patriot in uganda in uganda is somebody is, is doing all they can to dodge taxes in Rwanda, somebody is actually saying, we need to pay taxes. You see, we don't have resources. We're a poor country, we need to pay taxes. And, and uh, somebody was telling me, it's because in Rwanda, they believe when they pay taxes, the roads are good. Indeed, when they pay taxes, their taxes work for them. When you steal them, there is strong punishment that you face. And then somebody was saying, but here you see, we pay taxes and they steal it. And then they steal the money and nobody touches them. So where do we develop the patriotism from? But but I have come to believe, the personal belief in me is that I have come to believe my own beliefs and I have, they have taken me places. I've said I will not pay bribe to anybody and I've not done that. And I would rather walk to a police station a hundred times, waste a hundred times and push and push until I get what I want. And then people say, it's because you are, you know, people, the way that people value education and all that eh? in society, in, especially in this country like Uganda, it's because you have a name, it's because you are Namala, it's because you are, you, have a, you are a doctor, you have a PhD, it's because you have this and that. But I believe that even people who are human beings, if you give yourself value and you tell a policeman, I'm not giving you a bribe and I need a service because you are a public servant and my value is that I'm a human being like you or like any other minister, I think at some point the policeman will, these bad apples will budge and give them a service. But it's, it's, it's a hard knock for everyone. Not all of us have this resilience to push things and fight yeah. for them. But that's yet again, uh, and I totally agree with that, by the way totally agree with that but yet again that's about raising awareness of an individual self-worth isn't it because when we're you know as I've said you know from a personal point of view you know I spent years in darkness and fear I was paralyzed by the bully called fear what I've learned to do over the years is is actually take that bully on side and make it my friend and forgive that bully yeah. and not give it the power because if you give that fear of the power, it will cripple you and paralyze you. And, you know, we, we, we're not our true selves. So we can't serve humanity. We can't serve life. We can't serve ourselves. We've barely got an existence. And I speak from experience on that. That's why I'm so passionate about this, that the, the, the answer is simple. And people say, well, you know, it's all right you saying, Paul, it's simple, you know, this, that, and you. But it is, you know, I've paid a through discovering, through researching, through being inspired by some of the world's top people, practitioners, you know, and, and being lifted up yes. to see that we do have choices. And it doesn't matter how much money we've got or how much fame and fortune we may or may not have. That's kind of irrelevant. That's why I agree with you totally what you said, Naboth, about this. Okay, listen, I might not be rich, 
but I value myself. I value my self-worth. That is priceless. But that can be quite difficult when we've kind of been um, left on what we might see as the bottom of the pile in life. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's about when we compare ourselves with other people, we lose focus. Now, my, my, my wife and my children always love, they say, whatever daddy has is the best. You know, because I always tell them, if I have a shot, it's a good shot. If whatever I have, if, I, if I'm driving a small car, it doesn't matter, it's a good car. And then they say, well, they, you see for daddy, everything he has is good. And they wonder, they wonder why I grew up from this disadvantaged background hmm, to somewhere. Mm. It's because I never envied, I never compared myself with anyone else. I only had a focus for what I wanted to achieve and I set myself to achieve that. And I worked very hard and whatever circumstances I find myself in, I really don't feel like I wish, eh, I wish I was like so-and-so. I wish I was so like so-and-so. And I'm 51 years old also. So, you know, you are not very far from me. So I've also seen a thing or two. And I have seen people who, this is what you're talking about. People who are left with a lot of wealth, who had a lot of privilege, who had a lot of everything. And they have made nothing out of it. They have made nothing out of it because they, they didn't have that kind of focus. They didn't have that kind of the inner person, the inner you, who will prepare you to, to greater heights, the inner you, who will do things, you know? And uh, that's it. I have a school here where, where which, which gives me a very good example of career guidance and counseling. Now, children as young as eight, they ask you what you want to be. A child says, I want to be a doctor. If you want to be a doctor every Friday, you'll come to school in a doctor's gown. Now, if you want to be an engineer, you'll come to school in an overall. If you want to be a lawyer, you'll come to school with a tie and all these other the things that lawyers use in court. So you dress like a lawyer. And the children grow up. It's called parenting. The school is called parenting. And the, the child grows up knowing this is how lawyers behave. So I behave like a lawyer and I will work to become, study to become a lawyer. I behave like a doctor behaves and I become. So they use practical examples in their career guidance and counseling. But listen, uh, I have, I have a, 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 a nephew that I am supporting in education is going to join senior five. And we were in our family meeting here and I was asked him, what do you want to become? He says, I want to become an engineer. And this guy is doing, is studying geography, economics and history. Now he's has finished all level, secondary school lower. And he still has no clue about which subject to study if you want to become an engineer and all that. And I've just brought him into my home. So this, so that one, me and my wife were talking this morning and I said, this is a clear example of lack of career guidance in schools. So this is very important. And then the other thing I want to emphasize, Paul, is role modeling. Role modeling for me is very important. It's very important. There are people who become, there are people who have come to me and say, hey, you are my role model. You did this, you said this at a school function uh, uh, or at a church function, and you said this, and I, I had it, and I, it has helped me. Mm? You see? And there are things, for example, the things I've seen in your, in your podcast, which then I think now would redirect my thinking. Mm? You see, when I'm lost in the fog of thoughts, they, some of the things people say redirect your thinking and then refocus you to a very purposeful goal in life. Mm. So... Yeah. And, you know, I suppose the big question then, 
Naboth, you know, for me, me personally, and I'm just obviously one part of this beautiful planet that we live on. Um, but I have that self-worth and that self-value and that self-knowing now and that self-awareness to say I might only be one small part, but you know what, world, I'm here to play that part. And I'm going to play that part full out because it's my beliefs, it's my values, it's what I was called here to do. And I'm going to own that. And some people might like it and some people might not like it. That's not my decision. I'm going to contribute to humanity, to all living beings, and first of all, to myself, to be the best I can be. Because to bring in what you said earlier on, the Bob, is I do value, I've come to value myself. You know, I spent decades being told I was useless, I was pathetic, I was rubbish, certainly in my early childhood, um, my first sort of few years of that. And I believe that. I grew up believing that to be true, those formative years. Not anymore, I don't. And that's why I'm so passionate about giving a voice through podcasts or books or whatever it is to people throughout the world to say, know your worth, know your value. Then all these external challenges that we have in the world and in you know Uganda and in the local communities with Africa, wherever that may be in the world, the principle is the same. We can take back that power internally and we can, you know, we can really influence the way things unfold rather than looking for those solutions externally. Because once we look for them externally, we, we're giving our power away and then we're lost. Yeah. Thank you. So, Thank you. wow. What a, what a kind of, we, we got a bit passionate there, Naboth, didn't we? We got a bit passionate there, both of us. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So, what, you know, how do we then, you know, this education, this raising awareness, call it what you will, you know, how do we get these, yeah. this message, this, this important message out to, to individuals, because does it not start with just one person? People say to me, well, one person ain't going to make a difference in the world. You know, one, one small thing's no good. You need to think a lot bigger than that. And my take upon that is start small. And if you think that small doesn't matter, you try walking around with a pebble in your shoe. Yeah. That's painful and it causes you problems, but it's only a little small thing. So maybe the answer mm. is, Naboth, and I ask it as a question and not as a suggestion, but maybe the answer is we start to focus on that one person at a time mentality, you know, helping mm. people, building people up, showing them a different path with love rather than fear and not just talking about it. You know, this is a great conversation in my humble opinion. But it's words. And words are powerful, as we know. Words are very powerful. But not as much as action. What about if we match these words with action and really show yeah. people that there is a different path? Because I've trod that path. You've trod that path. Millions in, millions of people in, in, the, in the world have trod that path. Isn't it our responsibility now to leave a legacy to say, just as we've trod that path, Naboth, Let's try and help you to tread a similar kind of path, if, if you want. Any thoughts on that? Mm, yeah, absolutely. We have to. That's, that's why I'm saying one of the ways, the best ways to communicate a message is to role model. 
what you are talking about hmm? and to, to get same-minded same people. You know, if you create, if you create a group of, let me call them ambassadors in a community, you create a group of ambassadors, people who think like you and people who are enabled. Sometimes people, as I said, Paul, sometimes people lack focus. So they may, they may be, they, they may take time to discover themselves, to discover who they are. Eh? Some people need help discovering themselves mm, at some absolutely. point. And then, yes. And then these, these ambassadors will role model certain behavior, certain characteristics, will, will, will take the message to the communities and will work with the communities. I've seen this work in Rwanda. Yeah, I've seen this, this one work in Rwanda where, where villages have male engaged ambassadors. And these are men talking against beating women, talking about against violence. And they, are, they seem to appear, now the, the other men think, think they're on the side of women, but they say we are men like you. And we know this is not right. And it, 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 it creates some impact, it creates some level of impact. And when you're looking at impact and changing behavior and changing that in a person in you, Paul, it is very difficult. It's not, it's not an easy task. It, it needs patience. It needs people to take time. It needs you to invest your, your time, your energy. It needs that passion. Because if you, if you go into development and charity work, if you don't have that passion, then you're not going to do it because there's a lot of sacrifice hmm, that, mm -hmm. that goes into that. Yeah, ambassadors. Hold that thought, uh, ambassadors. What a great word. I'll speak to you separately about that. And uh, so as we draw to a close, listeners, on this two-part um, conversation between Dr. Dr. Nabath Namara, um, which in my humble opinion, no apologies for repeating listeners, has been absolutely brilliant. I, you know, I feel now, I feel very passionate about this, that we've got to the heart of the matter, not just for Uganda, but for all people around the world because we've all got challenges and, you know, the world will judge, well, you know, that, that compared to what I'm going through is nothing. And well, actually pain is subjective, you know, that fear, the one commonality is fear. And part of our role, I believe is as ambassadors of mother nature is to go out there and start to alleviate fear and replace it with love. And we'll do that through, through ambassadors. So I just want to finish the, um, the two-part uh, two conversation off, Naboth, um, if I may, by asking you, you know, just to sort of, just to briefly offer, you know, how do we now move this forward? You know, does that start with you? Does that start with me and you? Because one became two, and then two might become four, and four might become eight. You know, what's our next step now in, in, your, um, in your thoughts? In my thoughts, I think the, the two major next steps is to, to develop strategy on how to do this, uh, work together, decide on which issues to deal with first. Uh, we talk about uh, raising awareness and creating that individual person who is sensitive to the issues we are talking about. So we need to sit down, uh, talk about strategies, share our thoughts on strategies to use, and then uh, secure funding, and then do something. If, if there's need for, because most of the, of the campaigns will need some funding, small, we don't have to start with, we don't have to use a lot of money. 
No, we are not, we don't have two, but if we can have, have the way of reaching people and the channels we are going to use to reach those people, especially targeting young people also, as we target old people, target young people so that we are creating a better generation in the, in the years to come. So we, shall, we, we need to think about strategy, whether to use radio, TV, community drama. We can use, for example, community drama, which is good for people in communities, a community drama depicting certain characteristics and then uh, uh, others that, that clearly we want people to grow into. It has, it has worked very well. Community drama works very well. I've used it in Rwanda on, on, on gender, on women land rights, and it has worked, you know, all those things, because the strategy will depend on how, how far an audience we can reach, and then we can create those agents of change. But those are, those are called ambassadors in small villages, uh, put them through uh, awareness raising sessions, through trainings, awareness training, raising sessions, and then make them ambassadors in the villages, and then design work plans for them, how many people they will reach in this period and what they will do, and then continue monitoring and evaluating the work plans. And then we shall see some change. In a few years, people will be walking here and saying, look here, this was wonderful. I changed from who I was to who I am, and my life is now more purposeful than it was. Superb. So there you have it, mm. listeners. I hope that, um, you know, to repeat those two wonderful words, words I hope that's mm. raised awareness. Mm. And I want to close things off here. Namaf, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much for your imparts, your, your wisdom, your experience, most of all, your love and compassion. That's what is going to change mm. this world. That is, you know, despite its challenges, not just in Uganda, but throughout the world, the world is changing. The world is definitely changing. So thank you once again, Naboth, for the part you're playing. And you're welcome, Paul. And as, as you said last time, I think our meeting was not a, a coincidence. It was, it was something probably predestined by some supernatural power so that we would meet and work together to, to do something about the challenges facing the world and our communities. Absolutely, totally, and yeah. Absolutely embrace that, what I call source. And on that note, listeners, um, time to sign off by saying, as I always do, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?